Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. That's right, I am back, Illegal86, one of your three hosts. I have rejoined Tactic and Nerd Bomber here in the Temple of Doom. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome back. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I've been hearing nothing but just nonstop rave reviews of your episode without me last week. So I, I did think about quitting and taking my talents to South Beach. I don't even know what that means, by the way. Was that, was that a football thing or a basketball thing? Who took their talents to South Beach? Was it LeBron? I think James? it was LeBron. Yeah, yeah, it was when he went to the Miami Heat, I thought. Come on, you should know this. They just went over it in Space Jam. Well, first of all, I have not watched Space Jam yet. It sounds like you have. Uh, and oh, we'll get to that. I almost watched Space Jam, <laughs> which is not much of a story, but I almost did watch it. Watched a Liam Neeson movie instead on vacation. I believe it was called Ice Road Trucker, but we'll get to that later as well, because boy, was that an experience. Netflix direct Liam Neeson movie. You can imagine how that went. It was called Ice Road Trucker, but we're not going to talk about that yet. We have a lot of gaming-centric news to talk to you about today. We're going to be talking about the Steam Deck, of course, which has been, I guess, announced, unveiled, taking reservations. We're going to get into that part of it, too. Available starting in December 2021. There's a lot to unpack there, so we'll get to that. Also, similarly large news, I would say, Netflix has made a recent hire that implies, at least, that they are going to be getting into the video game industry, so we have that to discuss as well. And finally, the Tom Clancy multiverse is apparently converging into a 6v6 multiplayer experience, so we'll get to that as well. But before we get into the news, I also want to address the elephant in the room. I'm sick. At this point, you know, we're like two minutes in, I'm sure you're like, what is What happened? You might think that they replaced the original Illegal 86 with a different Illegal 86. More nasally one. Just, yeah, sounds more sick. Nope, it's me. It's the same one. And I'll prove it to you. Tactic has not won a quiz since, like, April. Does that count, does that count as proof? It tells you that, that, you know, I have the history of the show. For those who are safety conscious and concerned, I have been tested for COVID-19. I've tested negative. It's just a cold. Or the flu, or something, who knows. But you won't get it. Podcasts aren't... Well, they're contagious in spirit, right? But they're not... I'm not going to give you germs through your earphones or whatever. So don't worry about that. What did I miss while I was gone, too? Before before we get into the news, I mean, what did you guys cover? I assume you talked about me most of the time. Is that... Yeah, it was yes? basically an hour-long ode to Illegal. But no, we talked about, we had some gaming news, we had some movie trailers that we discussed, and we also talked about how, you know, we watched Black Widow and Army of the Dead finally, and then we had a really fun trivia game where Tactic lost against himself. Yay. Right. He's taking it to the next level, not losing to other people, but actually losing to himself. I also watched Black Widow. We'll get to that later as well. I, I kind of assumed, when I said talking about me, I would, I would have assumed like talking bad about me like behind my back kind of situation like oh that that, that no guy. good legal is is real bad at podcasting i don't know what you would have said but i assumed it was something like that so i'm glad it wasn't that and i'm glad we can just you know go back to our our podcast friendship and, and really dive into some video game content so let's talk about the steam deck which <laughs> you know this is all I don't want to say this is kind of pie in the sky because this is happening, right? This is this start shipping December 2021. I did look just now. Reservations are already backed up into quarter two of 2022, and that's an estimate. So if you're looking to get it, you better like hurry up and get a reservation in. But I want to start without not even talking about the hardware, not even talk. No, let's start with the name, the Steam Deck. I don't love that. <laughs> like I, when you when you hear one syllable and then deck. The first thing you think of is poop deck, at least if you're... <laughs> well, they didn't and call the steam, it the steaming pile. The steam deck is the, is the deck that's right above the poop deck because the steam rising from the poop... Look, guys, this is hard-hitting video game journalism we're doing right here. <laughs> this, is, this is where we're starting with the hot new console is the name sounds like poop deck. Steaming pile would also be pretty bad. That's a good point. If I were to name it myself, I don't know. I just... I wouldn't name it steam deck. I'd call uh, it vapor steam steam engine steam engine that had to be taken because that's like come on that's pretty good the steam engine was like a big deal this is also a big deal no just one um one word vapor I'm telling you vapor would be good too i need something alliteration-y 
like maybe that would work as like valve vapor because technically valve is the manufacturer the steam stack yeah there it is <laughs> i got it slight change to steam deck the steam stack because it needs an st and an st well we'll brainstorm more of those but what, let's let's talk about the hardware and the and the form so first of all i guess we can talk about the broad strokes this seems great to me seems right? fantastic i, I I, I am the kind of person who I have always, for various reasons, one of which is that I'm podcasting right now on a MacBook, which I know you can get Steam on it, but it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right kind of thing. I don't have PC gaming hardware, right? So I can't be a PC gamer. This is, in a sense, a remedy to that, right? Because you're not, you're still not a PC gamer, but you're enjoying some of the benefits of PC gaming, right? You're enjoying the fact that you have Steam and that you have all of these, presumably you'll have all of the titles that steam has available to you or a lot of them at least that's a big sell for me well they said one of the things that i was super impressed with i mean a the fact that you basically have a gaming pc in the palm of your hand for the price point that it's at which is 3.99 and you can't you can't build a computer that will play most of the games that this thing will play for that much like you just can't. But the other thing that was really impressing me is watching some FAQs with the Valve developers. You know, they said that basically the Steam Deck is a mini PC. You can do anything on the Steam Deck that you could do with a PC. Technically, it's not like optimized for VR. You could even use it for VR, but like you can go on the internet. You can access, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you can access your Game Pass games. If you had any other subscription service, like Stadia, I almost forgot <laughs> what it was called because Stadia has like, yeah. gone out into the night. Um, but you can access any of those other platforms and gaming platforms. So essentially, it's it's a PC in the palm of your hand with all of the bells and whistles to let you play awesome games. So there's two things that I want to touch on with that. So for those of you who don't know, we own a Steam Link. And if you don't know what a Steam Link is, it basically allows you to mirror your Steam games on your home TV using your local Ethernet. And it's really great for when you don't want to be sitting in front of your computer instead want to be in your living room playing your Steam games. But the problem is you can't do anything online because there is significant latency to it. So... Right. The number one thing that I'm excited about this is you could dock it to your TV, sort of like the Switch, and you can have that same experience with zero latency, and I love it. I've been playing Steam with lag, and it's all been just alone, story-driven games, and it's been fine, but this is finally, I can play with my friends, and I'm super stoked about that. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, and Nerd Bomber sort of alluded to this with the fact that you can play any other apps is one of the main things that I use my Steam link for is not actually Steam, is rather to use it at, to be mirroring my computer screen and play the Pokemon trading card game. Guys, you can play the Pokemon trading card game on the Steam Deck. Remember that. Couldn't you also just like play Pokemon on a Game Boy? I'm not, I'm outside the Pokemon ecosystem. Well, this is this is the trading card game online. So basically, what they did is they took the entire. I don't know if you ever played like the Game Boy trading card game game, but they basically made it like you're playing against people on the internet now. Like every time you buy a pack of cards, there's a code inside right. the pack of cards, and then you get like virtual packs that you can open. Right, right. But yeah, it's not on any console or anything like that, except for the Steam Deck. We need to talk about. So let's get to like the. What I've seen to be cited as like the negatives, right? Three ninety nine as a price point is, I would say, pretty good. People are complaining about that because when you look at the Steam Deck, what you see, whether you should be seeing it or not, is a Switch, right? And a Switch MSRP, I believe, is currently three hundred dollars, so it's a hundred bucks more than a Switch. You're also getting sixty four gigabytes of memory in that lowest tier of purchase, but you do have the expandable memory option, right? The dock you mentioned, Tectic, coming soon and sold separately. So not That's included. rough. Although I think yeah. they did say there was like HDMI out. So technically you could like make your own, but it right. probably that wouldn't be the dock. same. That was more just a disclaimer to make sure that people didn't hear what Tectic said immediately. And then maybe they, in the past like two minutes in between those two statements, they may have already gone and pre-ordered it. And now I'm like ruining their life. But the dock is not included. Uh, and it's also not even like out yet. And granted, the console itself also isn't out yet. The other thing, you know, so there there are two higher tier of tiers of purchase. I think that are just 
500 and $600. I don't have the information in front of me, but the main complaint that I have seen, and you, you can you can go on Steam Deck website, which is just steamdeck.com, and you can see footage of people playing Disco Elysium, uh, I believe Control, Jedi Fallen Order, actual footage of them playing the game on the Steam Deck. The people look a little uncomfortable. I have to admit, the ergonomics, I don't know about this. The placement of the thumbsticks is weird. And not just the fact they're not offset, but the fact that they're, they're high. so high up. They're very uh, high. It's strange a little bit. They're trying to make room for the trackpad. So there are also trackpads on either side of the screen. Picture a switch, but without offset thumbsticks and with the buttons and the sticks like really hunched up, basically. There's also four triggers. So there are two triggers. There's the, the usual two triggers you would get on a regular gaming controller or at a switch. And then there's also finger controllers for like finger buttons on the back side of the console um it just it looks like the kind of thing that ergonomically i'm not sure i think there's sort of a great contingency in place though for you know people not liking the ergonomics of their system but loving the concept of a handheld steam account and that's the fact that they're they're planning to have the steam os open to any any third-party people that want to try to make their own version of the console and just use their software completely free. So I'm excited to see what other kind of evolutions of this technology come out from other suppliers. Okay, also, uh, $529 for the 256-gigabyte version. That's the middle tier. $649 for 512-gigabytes. And the storage also switches from eMMC in the bottom level to SSD storage in the top two levels. So you're also getting faster storage. Like it's hefty when you're looking at it from a console standpoint and you're trying to compare it to a Switch, it's hefty. But like if you start comparing it with all of the internals and what's inside to a PC or like an iPad, you know, an iPad Pro, because it's essentially what this is kind of coming down to. It's like a very advanced tablet and tablets can get expensive. You're totally right. The comparison with the Switch is pretty unfavorable and kind of unfair because the Switch, it is not, right? It's it's designed to do a lot more than a Switch, at least ostensibly. The comparison to, a, you know, a PC is probably more accurate. And th- think about, like, the possibilities are, are, like, so, so endless. I mean, you can have... I don't, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. You can have various emulators running on your system for your entire hey, childhood... Man. And that's illegal. 86. Actually, I'm illegal. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really just the world is your oyster with this system. So I think the price is reasonable. I, I know someone who, I don't know how to do it, so don't ask me. No one tweeted me and asked me. You can like jailbreak a Switch and just like get it to run any OS you want. And again, that's illegal. I'm sure it's illegal. But people are like already doing that. So like this is kind of like, okay, what if we let you do that? But also like the hardware is way better. That's I think what the thesis is. But if you jailbreak a switch, doesn't it mess up it being a switch? They can brick it. I think if Nintendo finds out that you you jailbroke it, like they'll brick your system. Yeah, I think it's like if you you can jailbreak it, but if you like connect, it's something weird. I, I had one friend who did it. If you like connect to the Wi-Fi or something, or if you can, I think it might be if you connect it to the dock. If you connect it to the dock while it's jailbroken, they find out somehow through cyberspace and they brick it, which, you know, that's their right, I suppose. I also don't know, like, I, I guess if you jailbreak a Switch, you can do a lot with it. You can do a lot of things you could do with a Steam Deck, but just buy not yourself get a penalized. Steam Deck. Not get penalized. Right. And yeah, buy yourself a Steam Deck. Don't get penalized. Just enjoy the freedom. Seems pretty cool. I, I Like, at this point, it's outside of the ergonomics that are crappy. You're kind of looking for the lie. At least if you're me, you're looking for the lie. Where's the lie? What are they not telling us? And I don't currently know. I mean, the battery life isn't super optimal. I think they said you could get anywhere, depending on the game, from like two to six to eight hours or something like that, which like, that's not super great. If you're taking it on a trip with you or something, you could run through that battery super fast. And I know the Switch, it really isn't that far off that either. Honestly, we're just in in this realm of handhelds where batteries just don't last all day. This isn't like the old Game Boy days where you slap in two AA batteries and you run for like a month, you know, without having to change them. But that, right. that's a little disappointing. I will say, though, the possibilities here, when you consider the fact that 
Xbox is bringing a lot of their games to PC, a lot of their exclusives. PlayStation is now bringing a lot of their games to Steam. If you really want a system that can pretty much play it all, minus Nintendo, I think Nintendo is like the only thing that you wouldn't be able to play on this. You could pretty much have a multi-brand system in your hands, which is a really compelling idea. Granted, you're not getting like the full 4K experience that you would get and all that kind of jazz because the hardware is not quite as good as the new consoles, but like you could play a lot of stuff on this thing. Yeah, which by the way, I I thought it was a funny thing. The tweet that was kind of like announcing the Steam Deck, Phil Spencer, who is like, I don't know, the head of Xbox or something, commented and was like, this is really cool. Which I was like, oh, that's cool that he commented that. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm just like so hardwired to expect all gaming companies to hate each other. When you think about how they don't or when you're reminded that they don't, it's just a nice thing. So here's to you, Phil Spencer. Yeah. And also the, I did do a quick fact check on the battery life. Uh, you were correct. It said, well, their specs say two to eight hours of gameplay. That is a wide range. of Like, why even give a range? like saying zero to eight just go all the way just say it might not play it might not turn on at all (laughs) but yeah i'm the like you said the possibilities for this are pretty extreme i think as gamers regardless of whether any and i don't want to speak for you guys i guess but whether we are going to get it or not i think we want it to succeed right because it's it's a step forward in terms of like you said being able to play all games for everybody on one thing that has to just directly benefit us. So I'm on board. Will I buy one? That is a tougher question. I, I'm in wait and see mode on this because, I, again, I'm still trying to figure out where the why is. Well, it'll but be interesting. Know. One of the things that I'm also super curious about and kind of will figure out when, I, when or if I buy this thing is the difference between consoles and PC is that PC games tend to ramp up hardware requirements a lot faster. Consoles typically yeah. at least keep for like five, six years. They try to make sure that all games are native and play well on the consoles. And so like, I wonder the longevity of this thing really. And like maybe in two years, is there going to be a new snazzy one? And then you can pick this one up for like 150 bucks because it's not the hot new thing anymore. And like, for me, the type of games that I would probably want to plan this, like 150 would be a very compelling price point, even if it's an older model for me. For exactly what I had said not to do. Wink. Yeah, for, for, for the like competitive gamers, the main question would be, is this obsolete before you get it? You know, and that's a great question that I don't currently know the answer to. But I, yeah, I'm going to wait and see on this. I, I think we'll see pretty quickly when it comes out. Gamers are, are a vocal bunch. The other thing that kind of, kind of, I don't, and I don't know how much the reservation fee is, but there's a reservation fee. I, we should, we should take a minute to talk about how they're handling the rollout in, in in light of how console sales have gone recently with all of the bots and all of the, I get why they're doing it. Uh, but they've, they've gotten some blowback for that as well that, that I've seen. They're taking reservations and the console starts shipping in December, 2021. But like I said, reservations now have, you know, you're expected get the console date to be in quarter two of 2022. What the reservation fee is itself. Since I didn't log into my steam account or something, I didn't see what it was. But there is a fee that you pay to basically pre-order the console, I guess. And that's rubbing people the wrong way. But whether or not it should, I don't really know. But uh, they're certainly doing things differently, which I can appreciate. Because as someone who tried to get a Switch a year ago and nearly tore out all of my hair, there should be a better way. And I think they're looking for the better way. I mean, I think as long as that money goes towards the cost of the Steam Deck... I feel like that's not... Does it, though? I don't know. That, that I don't does. know. Yeah, I can try to find out here quick. But, like, I remember back in the day, before you could just pre-order anything without putting any money down anywhere, I remember that you had to, like, actually go in the store and you had to put at least, like, five bucks down if you wanted to pre-order a $50 game. I feel like that's not right. that crazy. It's kind of like... I don't want to call it layaway, but I mean... Yeah, if, it, if it's a deposit, then that makes sense. I agree with you 100%. The reservation fee does count towards the purchase price. So, okay, then that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, like, I think that's much better, in my opinion, 
than have it like that's going to deter scalpers maybe not that much but it'll deter scalpers a little bit plus the fact that you have to do it through your steam account i get why people are a little upset and that rubs people the wrong way but in my opinion like as someone who just fought for an xbox a few months ago that sucks like that was not fun i did not like i'd rather do this and at least know i have one coming and not be like well Am I going to have to like try for five months to like fight scalpers to get one? Right. I'd rather just know. It's catering to a different clientele, right? Because y- you're also in-, in doing that and in in only, you know, you have to have a Steam account to pre-order one. You're cutting out gift givers, right? You're cutting out granddads who want to get something for their grandson for Christmas. So you're potentially losing money doing that, but... You're also making your core fan base, you know, Steam gamers are, I, I don't know, like, I, I think you're really appealing to the core fan base that are saying, yeah, see all that crap that's going on out there with the consoles? You're not gonna have to worry about that. Just use your Steam account, pay us a little bit of money, and we'll make sure everything runs smoothly. But I do wonder what the economic implications of that are vis-a-vis gift giving. And I don't know, again, that's something I don't know the answer to, but we will all find out how the steam deck does starting in december uh and continuing onward i guess now into quarter two 2022 so if you are curious and if you want to pre-order again steamdeck.com is this is the, the launch point for you go check it out let's stick with big news netflix eyeing video games now what i find interesting about this article that i have open in front of me from ign is it's tagged with black mirror bandersnatch now I watched this show. I am 100% sure I talked about it on the podcast and I'm 100% sure I I was very positive about it. It's not... Did you guys watch it? No, I never got around to it. I never really got into Black Mirror. We watched the one episode with the pig and I was just like, "Mm, yeah, pretty pretty gross. Pretty gross. So Black Mirror Bandersnatch, for those who don't know, was kind of a one-off Black Mirror like featurette, I guess you would call it. It's like the length of the movie, I think. And it's interactive. So you, the user makes choices using like your Fire Stick remote or something during it. And based on the choices you make, the story changes. So it has like rewatchability. Like I, I watched it, I think, a couple of times. You can go back and retrace your steps and pick a different path to see what happens. It's very cool. I suppose the reason that's tagged in this article is, you know, the jumping off point for netflix doing interactive con- content like video games is something like black mirror bandersnatch or another one like it there's this bear grills show where he you you pick whether he goes down the jungle path or up the cliff kind of thing netflix has hired someone from from ea an ex-ea executive uh mike verdu i hope i'm pronouncing that name right i may not be to uh basically make video games for them he's they hired him to be vice president of game development that is his title now We need to talk about this because does it mean that Netflix is actually getting into bona fide video games or does it mean something different? What does a video game look like in Netflix's eyes relative to our eyes? Because I I do think there's a disconnect there. Are we going to be playing, you know, Netflix presents Crash Bandicoot in two years or are we going to be doing something that's a little bit more involved than Black Mirror Bandersnatch, but like not that much, you know? I feel like it could go either way. Okay, yeah. So I feel like Netflix as a whole lends itself more to like those point and click adventure type tales because they know most people, well, obviously everybody who's using Netflix has some sort of remote for the most part, unless you're watching it on your computer. And that would be, I think, where they would want to start breaking in. But as gaming becomes a bigger and bigger leg of the entertainment industry, I mean, we saw Amazon and Google now both try to get into the whole streaming game thing. I could easily see them saying like, hey, for an extra $5 on your subscription that we continue to increase the price on all the time, you can add now this game streaming service. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I don't see... They have the infrastructure for it already, right? right? Whereas like... And I guess Amazon does too. And Google does too. Hmm. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was about to make a good point and I wasn't. So tactic, I'll let you talk. I couldn't agree more with the, the genre of games. I mean, a, a perfect acquisition for this would be the, the Telltale type games where you're going through a story, you have some quick time sort of events, but it's it's all nothing that a, that a classic Roku remote couldn't handle. 
Well, so Netflix adapted Minecraft Story Mode, which was a Telltale game, into something that was like a choose-your-own-adventure thing, kind of like Bandersnatch. I haven't watched it. It's just it's mentioned here in this article. So yeah, Telltale. When you say Telltale, you're you're actually already correct. Right. And so, because ultimately what's going to be the limiting factor is what they're playing it on. And people are streaming Netflix on a gambit of devices. You have sticks, you have smart TVs, you have boxes, you have phones. Like there's Computers. no one way to say, yep, everything's going to have the processing capability across the board, period. It's, it's, it's impossible. Right. I totally agree. Like, I, I do think, like, another touch point I would use in terms of, like, video games that people may or may not be aware of, Until Dawn was, it's the last game Nerd Bomber would ever play, I think. Uh, <laughs> I tried it. I you did try it. That's right. I did. It, it was, I played it in our darkest room of the house, which is so dumb, and it was scary, and I didn't like it. There I said it. The Until idea Dawn, of it was cool, but, like, no. And and the idea of it is basically you're in like a teenage horror movie where all the chicks are hot and all the dudes are jocks and they start dying and you're making choices on who's going to live or die. You're playing as characters, but a lot of it is, do you go down the creepy tunnel or do you go, you know, up the ladder to the insane asylum, like kind of stuff. And there are certain, you're, there's, you know, you spend time running and doing certain things, but like, a lot of it is also kind of like a walking simulator where you're walking around and then suddenly something jumps out at you. That's what this should be. Is it, it like you said, based only, if only because the hardware interfaces are going to be different for everybody, you can't, you can't get too deep. Um, but you can potentially, you know, make business acquisitions and like get big IPs that will lend you you know their creative property that you can make a movie you can take god of war and make a movie out of it and the movie has gameplay elements in it there's a there's huge potential there and i don't know what the market for it is like but based on what i'm sure is a copious amount of research on netflix's part they think there's money in it and you know like you said nerd bomber add five bucks a month to the already increasing cost and you get our game our gaming content our content for gamers whatever it may be that's probably a draw uh for a lot of people so well i think the the cool thing too that we also have to remember is netflix for the longest time like they have so many originals they have original television shows they have original movies they have ip to build off of like they could genuinely take one of their biggest properties they could take I mean, we've seen Stranger Things already turned into, I think it was a Telltale game. Like, we've seen that was successful. Think about any of the other series that they have, and they can do something with it. And right. they have a ton of properties and a ton of content. And we just kind of all write it off a little bit as like, oh, another Netflix original. But like, that's a property they can do something with. A property that inherently has millions of viewers already built in. So. ironically you know one of their more recent i guess calling it an original might be disingenuous but they just announced last week i think it was actually pretty big news i don't i didn't watch all of the witcher season one but season two just got announced and that's kind of this weird confluence where the show is based on the books and not the video game but you'd better believe if they said witcher season three is going to have interactive elements the 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 fans of the game would probably come running for it, right? So it's that's a very interesting corner case, I guess. But at large, yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Is that they have a lot of original content that might be well suited to expansion into more conventional video gaming as well. So it's very cool. Yet the latest thing to be on the lookout for in terms of Netflix's aggressive expansion into all media. So I guess continue being on the lookout for that fun times will be had by all and go watch bandersnatch you know it was cool it might be the the kind of hors d'oeuvre before the meal uh, as far as netflix's interactive content is con- concerned so that brings us roughly to our halfway point so we're going to take a short break and shout out one of our sponsors but before we do we would of course be remiss i you know i missed last week being able to give uh my shout out to ben and steven our valiant knights at the round table it's really a square table right now though because there's well no there's five of us so it's pentagonal i don't know if that's 
Is that a word? Pentagonal? I'm, I'm saying it is. Five of us at the round table, us three in the Knights. And uh, Ben and Stephen are our Knights, and we thank them for their support. Ben Checkness and Stephen Keller, to use their full given names, support us on Patreon at the Knight level, which is the highest of our three levels. And as a result, they get access to our monthly secret segments and vlogs. They get input into our weekly game segment, which I am hosting this week. And they also get the occasional guest spot, which I think those are coming up again soon. There's also a Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the Lowly page gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So for more details on all of those levels of support, you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Get the scoop there. Thanks again to Stephen and Ben. We'll take a short break right now to talk about our sponsor, and we'll be back to discuss X Defiant. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I mean, you guys probably know at this point, Tectic does most of the cooking in our household. I hate cooking. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I know how to make the same like two or three dishes and that's about it. With HelloFresh, I'm actually in the kitchen now and then, which would be scary, but they have step-by-step directions that walk me through making a steak dinner. It's crazy. I've made some delicious meals thanks to HelloFresh. If you want to try it out, go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Thanks again for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, X Defiant. Tom Clancy's got a lot of properties, right? Not just in the video game world, also in the movie world and the book world, especially. Okay, so Ubisoft San Francisco has developed and has just unveiled their next entry in the Tom Clancy universe, which is called X Defiant. This is a free-to-play 6v6 shooter. And what it does is it pits groups from the different games against each other. So, for example, you have the Wolves from Ghost Recon, which is a game that I've played quite a bit of back in the day, at least. Uh, Echelon from Splinter Cell, which I also played a little bit, but I'm not so good at that one. Uh, the Outcasts, who I don't know who they're from off the top of my head. But then there's also the Cleaners, who are from The Division, uh, which I have played none of. There's a great sizzle reel for this. I guess they call it a reveal trailer, but it's really them talking over how they've developed the game, how the gunplay works, how they were super focused on this being a shooter first. And it looks like they've created something really cool. There's beta testing starting August 5th. It's coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S. Also, it looks like Amazon Luna and Google Stadia, which is cool. We should talk about this because this is kind of this cool crossover event i think i referred to it as the multiverse before and i don't know actually if these groups are supposed to all exist within the same universe as one another likely not considering like what's going on in the division but who knows this looks fun right it's it's a little bit cartoony it's a little bit it's heading in that direction where a lot of companies are going where they're basically trying to create a Fortnite. right it seems like this is trying to be a little bit grittier of a Fortnite, which i haven't played a single second of Fortnite, but I don't know. What did you guys think of this one? I think this looked cool. So to me, this played or the the feel of the gameplay, at least felt a little bit more like a Call of Duty in a way. Like maybe it was just the, the gunplay or the first person aspect in comparison to the division, which is third person. But it seemed like kind of like a Call of Duty. And the fact that it's free is definitely something that is very exciting to me. I mean, I buy a new call of duty game every time they release one i'm not even a hardcore call of duty fan i just i don't know i get bored of the same maps and i like the general formula of call of duty i like the the gameplay of call of duty so i get stuck in that cycle of buying them and this looks compelling enough to kind of bring me in the one thing i will say is that this seems like it would be squad based again and man i just uh, i just love squad based games dude i hate it like It seems good in theory, but a game like this, I want to be able to also pop into 
just like a general team deathmatch right. type, type scenario. Like, I don't want to have to work with people. No offense to the random people on online servers everywhere, but communicating with people that I don't know in a game, in a squad-based type scenario, I just hate it. It never works out for me. Like, give me a different style. Like, if open up different game modes and I will try this game out for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to put my finger on why I made a mental connection to Fortnite because Fortnite is like battle royale right it's not squad based it's not it's not like this it's just like maybe it's the free to play or just like at one point i think a character is like an an emote or something which i know is the big Fortnite thing got me thinking about that but yeah it is actually more of like a destiny-ish kind of thing there's a lot of squad based games i could go on and on but i agree I would certainly be more likely to play it if it was more of like a, like you said, Call of Duty, you can just pop your head into a team deathmatch, get killed a hundred times by a six-year-old and be like, okay, I can't do this. (laughs) And that's better. (laughs) That's better. But I love the idea of this, right? I love the idea of there's all these different archetypes within these teams that have their own special abilities. The teams themselves are colliding. You can mix and match the teams. It seems like there's a lot of potential depth to be had which you, you probably need well i, I thought you can't mix and match game, right? the teams so much your your team is your faction you mix and match the weapons within your faction i don't know i i could have sworn i heard at one point later on that you can mix and match maybe it's like there's cert, there's only a, there's a set number of members within the faction but it's greater than six or something they said like mix and match team members between factions and mix and match weapons it seems like there might be a lot of customizability and that's that's what I'm most excited about. I love the yeah. customizability, and I and I, honestly, I love the squad. Me personally, I always gravitate to the support role. And do you know how in a free for all game how useful a support character is? Really not. Yeah, probably not very at all. And so my time to shine, folks. I'm gonna blow up your spot. When is the last time that you wore a headset and you weren't playing with me? I'm very supportive to you. <laughs> I think you're a supportive guy, but she did just, she nuked your spot. Needless to say, the spot's gone. I've been doing a lot more single player story, almost no online play. So it's kind of totally unrelated to anything. Yeah, I don't know the last time I played an online game. That's, I know that's. But if I were to play online, I would probably gravitate towards the squad. Hashtag squad goals. I I'm I'm mixed on this. I like the idea of the squad based game, but like Nerdbomber said, if the stars don't align, if your friends aren't all free, and then if you're just squatting with a bunch of randos, then it's just not fun anymore at all. I don't know if it's worth that risk. Okay. Then randos become friendos. I'm going to oh I I'm going to say something off that as well, but I'm going to hold us and I'm going to sign us up for this commitment when this comes out. I would like us all since it's on all of the platforms. And we all have access and it'll be free. We should attempt to play this together. Is it cross-platform? I would assume so. I feel like most free-to-play games these days are. But even if it's not, I would assume like PlayStation within PlayStation can at least stick together. And we can certainly pull that off. Yeah, we just flexed hard on you. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll try it. I'll give it a whirl. What what team would you want to be? Because And why is it Wolves? Because it should be Wolves. I am partially drawn to the cleaners only because we played the division and they have freaking flamethrowers guys they have flamethrowers because their whole thing was like in the division obviously it's like a, a pandemic and they literally had flamethrowers because they were the cleaners who would go in and like burn the bodies and stuff in in the world of the division not in real life but like the fact that you could run around with a flamethrower just seems so fun to me even though i just went on about how i love the gameplay and the gunplay and everything like that i also just want to run around with a flamethrower like i don't know it's very interesting to think about how much thought goes into the design of a game like this i mean when you're creating these four factions the main goal is of course that they're balanced, right? And when a game comes out, like when I remember when Destiny came out, there was one class that was considered OP relative to the other two, right? And I'm sure the same thing will happen with with this game, but I wonder if it's a faction the developers will expect to be OP or if it will be something different. It has to be interesting to get something developed and then put it out there and see how the gamers manipulate it such that maybe the cleaners with the flamethrowers are, they actually suck, you know? Or maybe they're really good. Like maybe the developers are sitting there thinking the flamethrowers are too good and we're going to have to nerf the flamethrowers. 
but then they don't they have to actually like bump up the flamethrowers because you know the wolves are using drones really well or something you know what i mean it's very interesting to think about i Um, would love to sit down with the developer of a big like multiplayer shooter game and i feel like you're always seeing in games where they have to nerf weapons or classes or something like that and it would be really interesting to me to see like in the development process do you think they expect that like that class or that right. weapon to be overpowered or is it just something that like happens organically and they're like oh wow we did not see this like use case scenario that everyone is using this character model or weapon i think it's, it, be the it's, it's when people do things unexpected when it turns out to be like if you jump right. off this wall and come in on this angle it's going to be a one-hit kill every time no matter what it's got to be i mean these games are of course subject to like probably pretty rigorous play testing right but like it's got to be the latter of the two things you said, Nerd Bomber. It's got to be like, I have, to, I have to imagine one of the frustrating things about being a game developer must be that you spend, you know, a lot of time, years developing a game and then it's put out and you think the hard work is over. But no, that was the easy part. And now you're just in a constant state of triage, trying to adapt to what the players are doing and putting out patches to make sure the multiplayer isn't just totally unplayable. Because like from a from a consumer perspective perspective, like people tend to get annoyed as the gamer, you get all these patches and updates and all that kind of stuff. But when you think about it, like even if they have an army of playtesters, you know, that's still it can't even be like I would doubt it would even range in the thousands. They probably have maybe like a hundred playtesters. And even if they're playing all day, every day, they've got people around the clock playing the game, looking for bugs. When a game goes out in the wild and you have like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people playing, that's so many more play hours than any playtester could possibly have logged. So like there's bound to be things that you don't expect. Yeah, it's a deep hole to fall into thinking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, free to play, like you also have to be thinking about putting out the next big thing to keep people wired in and also putting out the next big thing. Well, that's going to be character expansions. Sure, but it's, it's a development effort. Yeah, or like game modes and maps. Like if you look at Epic and like when Fortnite came out, I think the developers said that they're constantly working. Like they never yeah. really got a day off. Once the game released, like it didn't end there. There's always new stuff. And obviously it's successful because it's still keeping people engaged with the game and it's been out for years now. But like that's a lot of work. If it were all cosmetic stuff, it would be easy, but it's not. You know, it's it's new game modes and new weapons and all this stuff that requires man hours god bless you developers x defiant looks super cool if ever a company was going to really put their weight behind a free-to-play and make sure it it sails smoothly on its on its launch it it would be ubisoft so i expect this beta to be kind of well trafficked and uh we should get a pretty cool game here be on the lookout for that x defiant coming to all the major consoles as i mentioned and also coming to amazon luna if you're if you're like the one person who's doing that Good luck with that. That brings us into the what are you up to section of the show. And I've been away for a while. People don't know what I've been up to. So I'm going to I'm gonna lead us off here. Uh, I did go on vacation. I went to a beach. That's as specific as I will get. And I tanned, which is a two-stage process. First, you burn. And then it gives way to a golden tan. The first stage, not as fun as the second stage. See, you have to you have to ease into it, man. So there's layers of sunblock. I've got this down to a science now. I I'll- use fifty always. And you burn with fifty? Oh yeah. Whoa. Well, I, on the first day, I was there for a week, and on the first day at the beach, I was positioned under an umbrella. But the uh, it, I'm part of a family, and like the umbrella is only so big. So one of my arms was like out from under the umbrella. And that arm got burned and the rest of me was fine. I don't know. Take from that what you will. Had a good time. Uh, I did watch Black Widow. I don't know what you guys said about it last week. I don't, I'm not going to step on on what you said, but I was not thrilled. There were a lot of fight scenes that... This is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. I'm just going to talk about it. Sorry. But when she comes in the apartment and fights her sister, why are they fighting? Yeah, that that was silly. Why are I they fighting? That. It makes no sense that I... Like, and like, honestly... I mentally, at least a good portion of me mentally checked out at that point because I was like, this just doesn't even make any sense. And there were, I'm not going to point to any other instances because there's spoilers in them, but like there were a number of other instances where I was like, this is a fight scene for a fight scene's sake. And that is not like Marvel. I liked certain characters a lot. Big fan of David Harbour's character. 
big fan of Yelena. And, she, you know, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but uh, it had a, had some good elements and some really cripplingly bad ones. And I don't know. I don't know if I would say anything was that bad. I think it just wasn't what you would expect out of Marvel. The, the way I likened it was it felt more like a cheesy spy movie. And I was okay with that. You don't expect it from Marvel, though. So it feels kind of out of place. Well, Winter Soldier did that already. And it did it so much better. Mm. We know uh, that, how I feel about Captain America. Right, but you didn't watch Winter Soldier yet. Winter Soldier is the best Marvel movie. I don't like Captain I America either. But Winter it's... Soldier. Oh, sorry. I was thinking... Um, Civil War? No, I was thinking the series. You're trying to throw mud on my MCU oh. fan name, and I have seen every Marvel movie. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I will also say, and I, I don't want to like stomp on this movie because it wasn't that bad, but like, and th- th- this is not, a, you know, the movie was done a grave disservice by being delayed to when it was. And I'm not talking about COVID delays. I'm talking about the fact that this Black Widow movie should have been made five years ago. And then it would have made so much more sense and it would have been so much more engaging. It should have been made right where it was chronologically and that crippled it greatly. Like, no, n- finding out when it took place, I was like, this... Why, why do I have to care about any of this? And, like, they tried to make me. And they, uh, you know, I guess they, they, they did their best. But... And that's not a disservice to anyone who was involved in the movie itself. It's a disservice to the production schedule that was taken on for this movie and the amount of times I'm sure it was swept off the table in favor of something else when it shouldn't have been because the characters had a lot of potential. I will say, I don't know if this movie was made five years ago or whenever. I don't know if you would have the same casting for Elena and the Red Guardian. And to me, those For Elena, no. Yeah, it's a good, very good point. I mean, David Harbour was just starting to be popular because of Stranger Things, correct? What was he in yeah. before Stranger Things? I don't even know. No, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you. Like, he would not probably have been a big enough name to get such a big role in a Marvel movie. He he stole the movie, by the way, in my opinion. And again, I don't want to jump up and down on the movie, but he had all the funniest parts. He was the most engaging consistently throughout I mean, David Which, Harper is a gen. He's great. To me, it was that was a shame, though. I'm saying it this way, like, he was so great, and he was. But I wanted the movie to be about Black Widow. I even wanted the movie to be about her sister. And it, like, and it was about them, but they weren't the... It felt so often like they weren't the focal points, and that bothered me. Anyways, it was way better than Ice Road Trucker, which <laughs> I... I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I'm gonna Google to make sure I have it right, because I'm pretty sure it's called Ice Road Trucker, but... Boy, was that the ice road. Sorry, the ice road. Spoiler alert, he's an ice road trucker. And that movie was terrible with two T's. And I know that means terrible spelled wrong, but that's just that should go to show you just how not great the movie is. Watch that. Uh, finished Project Hail Mary, which was fantastic. Not a great beach read. It's like, it's very intense scientifically. But if you're into like space and science, if you if you're at the Martian and liked it, you're going to love Project Hail Mary. I think I said on the last episode I was on, like, he knows now that he has permission to, the author, I mean, knows now that he has permission to just be all out nerdy. And boy, did he, did he go for it? That's all I'll say. It's really cool. But yeah, other than that, had a good vacation and now I'm back and it's worse (laughs) to not be on vacation, but that's just life, you know? Tactic, pick me up. What happened? What's happened? What's been happening with you? So we watched Space Jam 2 starring... LeBron James and Bugs Bunny. And I have to say, not as good as the first. And my biggest my biggest issue with it, because I don't want to give spoilers, was the first Space Jam I felt had more of a comedic supporting cast. You had Bill Murray, you had Newman from Seinfeld. I can't remember the actor's Wayne actual Knight. name. That's her name, Wayne Knight. His Wait, name is Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. And, yeah. and really, you had the two of them combined with um, Michael Jordan's sort of sarcastic humor. And I thought it just made for a, a fun environment. And then also, I like the animation a little bit better. I, I didn't really care for the 3D tunes. I thought they, they're fantastic in their traditional art style, but that's just me. But all in all, needless to say, while it wasn't as good as the first one, it was still a pretty good watch. It was fun for the family. And I do, I do recommend it. It's, it's a, it's a good time and you'll enjoy it. 
How was LeBron like versus Michael Jordan? I have to ask in terms of like acting and like comedy. Uh, LeBron versus Michael B. Jordan, or uh, no, versus like the like Michael Jordan, like the basketball player. <laughs> I'd say LeBron James is a better actor, but I just felt like the plot of the first one just resonated with me better. Okay, yeah, I, I could get there with that. I I do think LeBron James, based on I think I mentioned before, he was in Trainwreck. He's incredibly talented. Uh, he could he could like be an actor if he wanted to, and like in particular, he could be like a comedic actor. He was very funny in that movie. Would hope he would show up to this one, but like he had some some solid one liners. There was like uh, even a Kevin Hart reference that I thought was hilarious. So it it was a good movie. I recommend it, folks. I think it was cute as a kids movie. I will say, if you're an adult who was a huge fan of Space Jam, it's a little disappointing. There were some things. My quick like two cents. They tried to force like a WB verse and they wasted a decent chunk of movie doing that. And I was just like, Meh. I'd rather see more Looney Tunes because it's been a while. And also like right. basketball in this game was almost unrecognizable because they like video gamified it. And that was kind of sad. But as like if you took a step back from those adult expectations and just looked at it as through the lens of a kid, it was flashy. It was fun. And it, like Tectic said, a good family movie. At the end, I will. Oh, so okay, at the, at the end of Space Jam One. Not a spoiler at this point because that movie's like twenty years old. When he stretches his arm all the way out, do they do that again in Space Jam Two? No. Don't don't. Oh, I was gonna say don't answer, but I guess you you, you answered. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that part of Space Jam. Space Jam One. I remember it, so I guess it was pretty good. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm saddened to hear that the basketball was more video gamey because I don't even like basketball, but like. The basketball in Space Jam, like it's just, it's just they're on a court. It's just like regular basketball, and then there's Looney Tunes playing and like monsters. But yeah, this basically like there was almost no basketball in its true sense in this entire movie. But hey, you know they tried to modernize it and make it like techy and video gamey, which you know that's not my. I love video games, not not my target demographic yeah. for that but like there are kids out there who probably loved it so it's definitely going to appeal to the chitlins there's there's little to no doubt of that i would say well cool tactic anything else to add uh i think that's all i'm gonna mention nerd bomber bombs bombs away okay three things two of them are pretty quick first one roku original they picked up all the quibby stuff and watched an oddly weirdly addicting short show called murder house flip where they basically take the murder crime true crime genre and mash it together with a tlc house flipping show and they basically find people who live in houses where a murder happened and like either they haven't renovated or they need to like change the energy of the house or whatever and they come in and they renovate for those people there there's not that many episodes they break up basically there's three short small episodes per house and all together they would make like a half hour of a regular show and there's only like four or five houses that they do this before quibi went under but if you like true crime murdery stuff and house flipping oddly addicting number yeah, this two this is a weird uh, <laughs> this was a weird chap snap to get occasionally i'll get snapchats from both of you and you're both doing the same thing <laughs> and i believe this was one of those instances where i got a snapchat from both of you separately at like i want to say it was like 10 o'clock at night just apparently I, I just saw the title screen of murder house flip and i guess you guys were just at that point blasting through it and i just kind of looked at that and was like okay Hey, uh, I think I think you would get a weird kick out of it. It's one of those oh, things where like, this is kind of stupid, but I'm going to watch it anyway. This is like, yeah, I'm going to have to tell Hayes about this because she loves both of those things. We literally, yesterday, we literally watched an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, which is true crime. And then we watched an episode of Fixer Upper, which is like home improvement. That so, is, you would seriously, we're the target audience. Love it. Yes. Yeah. I will say... There is one particular house where they did not renovate something after murder. And I was just like, that is nasty. Like, they I were like, care. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is straight up nasty. I don't want to spoil it, but it was nasty. So we also watched a movie, The Courier. This was actually, it's a, a true story. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch and I'm missing, I 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember her name. I, the Marvelous I remember Mrs. Maisel. This. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it? Rachel Brosnahan. No, yeah, I have not you. seen it. I remember watching the trailer for it. It basically, it follows, it's a true story following basically normal everyday salesmen that MI6 and the CIA kind of approached to go into Russia and help uncover Russian secrets during the Cold War. And it was, I don't want to give anything away. I mean, maybe if you already know the true story, then there's no spoiler there. But I thought it was kind of better to go in blind and not know exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, but if you watch the trailer, I tell you more than what you said. Like, I'm already confused a little bit about what you said, because, like, they... Yeah, I won't give anything away either, but the trailer is... The relationship between the courier and the CIA slash MI6 is a little bit more nuanced than what you described, I would say, uh, based on my experience with the trailer. Uh, but it was good. Yes, very good. Definitely recommend that. And then my game update is I played pretty much the entire game of Maneater to celebrate Shark Week. We had a very rainy weekend by us and i just downloaded it on a whim because you know it was shark week and oh my god that game is like addicting and fun it's basic it's so stupid sometimes you're basically just a big shark and you go around and you eat things and you eat people you go on the beach you flop around you eat people you go in the ocean you battle other apex predators in the ocean to become the one apex predator you have weird funky evolutions like electric power or like bone body to help make you stronger and it feels a lot like playing like grand theft shark in the ocean and it's a very short game but it's so well done and stupid fun and really great humor. If you're in the ocean, I bet there's a lot of hookers. But um, but like they they address it, it. They act like you're watching like a reality TV show about a guy who hunts sharks. So there's a narrator voicing over everything the entire time, and it's just hilarious. It's good fun. I find it interesting that you were like, so it was Shark Week. So instead of watching Shark Week, I played a shark video game. Uh, hey, I it's a great it was move. Fitting. But I wanted something more active, less passive. I haven't watched Shark Week in many years, so I can't really fault you on that one. I but was basically cool. the entire weekend, technically would walk into the room and I would just be like, I'm a mother shark. Pardon my language. <laughs> That's literally wow. what I was doing the entire weekend. <laughs> put the kids put the kids to bed, folks. Or this is online warriors after hours. Do we swear on this show? I'm sure we have before. I feel that like we have time. now and then. Well, we did now. Which, by the way, we're at, we're at quiz time. We made it. Tactic, your time has come. This week at the quiz show, Reese's products. We all love Reese's. Whether they're the pieces, the cups, the puffs, whatever you want. Chocolate and peanut butter, never bad, right? We have... I have five questions in front of me and a sixth for a tiebreaker. They are all numerical. So we will, as always and as ever, be doing Price is Right style rules. If you go over, you bust closest without going over gets the point you know the drill we've done this many times okay i'm gonna start with the lamest nutritional one how many calories are there in one two pack of reese's like you would get at a you know grocery store checkout line and we'll start with nerd bomber of course because ladies first i think this is 360 calories that's a bust it's 270 it was a bust uh, however, tactic you also busted. It was two hundred and twenty guys. Oh man, go, go get go get a Reese's. Live your life. It's not that bad. Two hundred twenty calories. I'm That's so like, used to eating whatever. the little ones. Like I eat the little cups at this point because you get a whole bag of them. Yeah, I'm a fan of the little cups. I guess people hate the little cups. That's a, that's a whole topic to discussion for another time. The little cups, you get a better chocolate to peanut butter ratio. Don't at me. Well, it's funny you should mention that. In 2015, uh, a redditor. Uh, I didn't write down the Redditor's name. Sorry, Redditor. I'm not going to credit you. Used a scalpel and a scale and a m- bunch of other apparatus to determine what percentage of a king-size Reese cup, amongst many other forms of Reese cups, but in this case, what percent of a king-size Reese cup is actually peanut butter? What did he come up with? So what percent, I believe it would be by volume, because he, well, he was using a scale. So let's say by mass. What percent by mass of a king-size Reese cup is peanut butter? And tactic, this is you now. 37%. It's more than no, that. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. It was peanut butter, not yeah. chocolate. Inverse it, 63%. Okay. Shoot, that's a good answer. 
I don't want to get right up on you. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say 76%. It's another double bust. Guys, it's almost, it's, it's, it's harmony, right? Chocolate and peanut butter. It's 54. It's almost the perfect really? split. It always feels like there's more peanut butter than there is chocolate in the king size cups. Well, so what he found, uh, and I don't have all the results in front of me, but what he found, this Redditor, was that there was a wide variance. Like there are certain formats of Reese cup you can get. Like I guess in Valentine's Day, they sell certain heart ones that like the peanut butter percentage is like 19% or something. At that point, you're getting ripped off. And it's just like a wide variance amongst all the forms. So I'll go look that Reddit post up. I'm not going to give you the link. That would be weird to say a link over a podcast, but you know, you know go look it up. Uh, okay, so we're at zero zero after two questions. Things are going great. I, I feel like it's going really well. Uh, let's get back to basics. When were Reese's peanut butter cups created? I'm looking for a year. They've been around for a while. I'm going to say 1955. That's a bust. That's a big bust. I'm going to say 1600s to be safe. Can you be more? You can't just say 1600. You just said 1600. <laughs> okay. You were right. That was a big bust. Tactic, you are on the board, my friend. November 15th, 1928. Uh, so the guy's name was actually Reese, by the way. Uh, it's not a made up name. Uh, was it short for company. like Teresa? No, his name was like H.R. Reese or something. I, again, I have to look it up. I don't have the information in front of me. He's like a farmer. It's a whole thing. He actually started his company for candy in 1921, I think, but had a couple of false starts. And the peanut butter cup was created on November 15th, 1928. So, See, that's crazy to me. That means... So the reason I picked 1955, I was reading a weird fact today that, that 1955 was You like were the studying. Fir- you were no. freaking studying for the it quiz. It was about Coca-Cola, actually. It was This is now offshoot trivia, but 1955 was apparently the first year Coca-Cola was introduced. And for whatever reason, I thought they must have been like around the same time. No, no. Do- Dr. Pepper, I think, was like 1800s. There were a lot of sodas before Coca-Cola, actually. Oh, wait, no. Hey. It was the can of Coca-Cola up until that point. Right. The bottles. I was going to say. My bad. My bad. In any case, uh, Tactic, you're on the board and we have two non-tiebreakers to go this is this this could be a big moment for you in the hit movie et the titular extraterrestrial is addicted to reese's pieces they use them to like guide in places i haven't seen that movie in a while but it was like a big hit for reese's pieces same yo and incidentally they actually tried to get m&ms to be the candy in the movie and mars declined so reese's pieces was the next you know step up so they that was a bad move for them because I had terrible a, move. I had a bona fide Reese's Pieces addiction after that because I was like, "This is ETs. I must eat them." They're really good. Anyways, what was the box office gross of ET? <laughs> I know that's only like that's like very tangentially related to Reese's Pieces, but I I thought it was a fun question. What was the box office gross of ET? And we've done three questions, so tactic you will like gross to, go first. T- t- up to today. I'm going to tell you what happened. I googled E.T. box office gross, and this is what came up. Let me see if I can find some more details for you. I don't know, man. It's what's, it's what's listed on Wikipedia. What do you want from me? I'm going to say $150 million. I feel like it's more than that. No, you know what? I've been busting every single time. Screw that. A dollar. Well, it's a sad day for the podcast because the streak is over. $793 million. Tactic that brings you to two points, and there's one question left. So, you've done it. I'm not no funny so business say here. So we're gonna no, make this one worth two points. No, I no, feel no, bad no about double myself. point questions. No nothing. We're gonna do the last question for fun. But like, imagine being the person who loses to the person who always loses. It's absolutely <laughs> brutal. I mean, I don't know how you're gonna live with yourself. But uh, let's let's do the last question, anyways. According to a 2019 Monmouth University poll. Reese's are America's favorite Halloween candy, which shouldn't come as much of a surprise. But what percent of respondents in the survey listed it as their favorite? And I don't know. Just answer for fun, I guess. Uh, Nerd Bomber, you're first. You said this is a percentage? Percentage, yeah. 60%. 69. Okay, you both busted again. Uh, 36%. There's a lot of candies, so it's kind of like spread across a lot of candies. But 36 Everyone was still- loves Reese's. 36 was still double the next highest which was snickers which is appropriate because snickers sucks snickers is the worst so reese's won that poll by quite a bit my bonus question i'm just going to tell you in what year were reese's puffs introduced and that was 1994 look ladies and gentlemen this is a historic day 
I, I don't even... I feel like we should play a song or something. Is there, is there anything on the soundboard we can play that's not the sweep or the sad trumpet? Like a fanfare or something? Yeah. Technic's a winner. That's for you, man. That was a... That feels appropriate. Uh, I'm trying to... F- I'm scrolling through the notes on my phone to try to find the quiz rankings. And that's why it's taking so long for me to update. Okay, this brings Technic to 5 and 8. I'm at 10 and 2. Nerd Bomber 8 and... Th- oh, 8 and 4 now. And uh, Ben still at 1 and 0. <laughs> Good for you, Ben. So next week, Tactic, you will host. And that's going to be very interesting. Because there's there's not going to be, you know, just the constant story of will Tactic win. It's going to be just mano a mano. Nerd Bomber and Illegal going at it. Tune in for that. That'll be something. We want to thank you all for joining us. I actually, I haven't mentioned our Twitter handles once throughout the episode, which I usually do. At OW86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. And our main show account at Online Warriors One on Twitter. Go check us out there. Hit us up, tweet at us, talk at us. Uh, tell us what you think of the Steam Deck, or as Tactic called it, the Steaming Pile. Let us know if you're going to play Axe Defiant. Let us know if you would play a video game on Netflix, and let us know what your favorite color is. Why not? Uh, we've we've come this far. You've you've gotten to the end of the episode. You deserve to tell us what your favorite color is, and I'll tell you what mine is, but only if you tweet at us. So there's your call to action. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to see see and hear from you there. And we would also love to see you and hear from you next week where we will be here. Closing out July. And in the meantime, why don't you go ahead and tell your lifeguard. Like go to like the pool. And if you don't have like a village pool, go to like the country club. And, and you won't be able to get in because the country club is very exclusive. But like shout over the fence. And just like be like, hey, Online Warriors Podcast. They may remove you from the premises but that's a risk you'll have to take. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.